Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What is the No Spin News all about? You know that this is a fact-based analysis news program. You know that. We avoid speculation. We don't do conspiracies here. We don't do party politics here. We're not nonpartisan. That's wrong. Not that. Okay, we are advocates for a stronger America and a more just society. We don't believe in communism. We don't believe in socialism. We don't believe in nihilism. We don't believe in the progressive woke culture. We think it is un-American. We don't support that. So you should know what we are, and it would then crystallize what we do. Listen to the No Spin News. Subscribe to Bill O'Reilly's podcast feed wherever podcasts are available. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. The distressingly predictable response to the July 4th shooting, Bette Midler and Macy Gray are slammed for being, quote, transphobic, and what my experience at the Essence Music Festival told me about how Democrats show up for Black people and Republicans don't. This is Can't Cancel Rob Smith. What's going on, Problematics? Obviously took a bit of a break for the July 4th holiday. Speaking of which, it was marred by yet another mass shooting. It it seems to me that there are a lot of mass shootings lately. It seems to me that we can't even go a couple of months without having one. It it seems to me, and at the risk of, of doing the very thing that I'm about to rail against a lot of people doing... It seems to me that these things just tend to happen a bit more often when they're Democrats in office. And this is anecdotal. If I am wrong, somebody please correct me. But I just do not remember things like this happening during the Trump era. But things like this happened a lot um, during the Obama years. And, and they're happening now. The 4th of July weekend, I was in New Orleans at the Essence Music Festival, which I'll get into in a later segment, but I wasn't on social media a lot over the 4th of July weekend. I have to take social media breaks. Social media fries your brain. I don't want to be one of those people that spends their time surfing politics on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram on holiday weekends or even after 6 p.m. on a weekday. So I wasn't aware of the shooting, honestly, until maybe like late, yeah, 4th of July night, uh, maybe Tuesday, just because 
I was on a flight during the 4th of July. And so when this happened, and and you guys can probably go back to every one of these podcasts that I do right after there's a mass shooting in America, and and there's this pattern that happens. First of all, um, people want to see whether it's a white man or if it's somebody other than a white male, right? Because if it's a white guy, then it can be politicized in some way. If it's not a white guy, then it gets memory hold. Um, the it, it just gets memory hold, right? So they saw that this mass shooter was a white guy. And immediately, you know, all of social media went into, oh, there's a photo of him. And this is a white, this, this guy had... Um, this guy had like multicolored hair, face tattoos, very skinny guy, like a leftist if I've ever seen one, right? But they found some pictures of this guy wrapped in a Trump flag on social media. They found some pictures of him at a rally. Then, of course, all of a sudden, he is a Trump-supporting white extremist. And that lasted for about five minutes until they realized that this was some sort of leftist rapper that that hated Trump. He had a lot of stuff on social media. Uh, you know, about this was sort of satirizing and poking fun at Trump voters by wrapping himself in the flag and, and, and going to these rallies and all that stuff. So that was one narrative kind of debunked, right? And even, you know, four days after this, we're not hearing a whole lot about this because there are not a lot of people that are able to politicize this. Because what's going on right now is this person is likely not somebody that was radicalized by the far right or by Trump or Trump supporters, or Trumpism, or whatever else they're calling normal, rational, center-right thought on on MSNBC. You know, in places like that, this sort of thought is to be destroyed. But they found out that this was not that person. This was yet another angry, alienated, and disaffected young man. And I'm going to play you a a, a clip from what Tucker had to say about this. I think it's very important. And... It's not that I'm parroting, like, I don't need, Tucker's the only opinion commentator that I watch. I don't need to be influenced by other political commentators. I have my own thoughts, and my own thoughts on this subject were, came out in in previous episodes that I've done, like I said, every time something like this happens, right? But Tucker made a really good point uh, about how all of this stuff is coming from young men, and, and about how we should really start paying attention to this because if we don't, we're, we're all going to be in danger. There are a lot of young men in America who suddenly look and act a lot like this guy. It's not an attack, it's just true. Like Cremo, they inhabit a solitary fantasy world of social media, porn, and video games. They're high on government-endorsed weed. Smoke some more, it's good for you. They're numbed by the endless psychotropic drugs that are handed out at every school in the country by crackpots posing as counselors. And of course, they're angry. They know that their lives will not be better than their parents. They'll be worse. That's all but guaranteed. They know that. They're not that stupid. And yet the authorities in their lives, mostly women, never stops lecturing them about their so-called privilege. You're male. You're privileged. Imagine that. Try to imagine an unhealthier, unhappier life than that. So a lot of young men in America are going nuts. Are you surprised? And by the way, a shockingly large number of them have been prescribed psychotropic drugs by their doctors, SSRIs or antidepressants. And so I'm not going to get into the um, the antidepressant stuff that that he goes into. I'm not I'm just not going to get into that. But let's talk about what he's saying. Let's talk about the fact that in, you know, Tucker didn't bring this up, but 
a lot of the violence that is committed in this country, a lot of the violence that makes all of us unsafe, mind you, because there's nobody at this point in American society and American history that is safe from being a victim of a mass shooting. It could happen anywhere, right? And there's no, and look, you know, the, these leftists and these Democrats are going to tell you that gun control will fix this. This happened in Illinois. It's some of the strictest gun control, quote unquote, laws in the country. This is a, a state that is run up top to bottom by Democrats. And these people are still going to try to tell you that gun control would have stopped this. It wouldn't have. It wouldn't have. Because the bottom line is, if a criminal wants to engage in criminal behavior, that criminal will find a way. It is the most basic, simple concept on earth. But these people pretend that's not happening. But back to these disaffected young men. And by the way, these are not just white men, okay? These are not just young, disaffected white men. Who are the young men that are committing acts of violence in Chicago every single weekend? I think it was something like um, 20 shot, 8 killed in Chicago over the weekend. These are disaffected young black men who have no real or, or positive outlet for this this masculine masculinity, right? In the difference between how white men are treated or black men are treated, there's a difference. So the white men are told, like, like Tucker pointed out, you're privileged, you're everything that's wrong with society, you're this, you're that, you're that, right? The black men... Are basic or number one, all being raised without fathers, okay? Because none of these none of these men have fathers. They're all raised by women who have no idea how to raise them, who have no idea what to do, who have no idea to how to instill any sort of confidence, any sort of natural masculine confidence in them. And I know what this is like. I was raised by a single mother who had no idea. These women don't have any idea how to raise a man, okay? I had to go to the military. And I had to get I had to get lessons on how to, I had to learn how to be a man from the military at 17 years old from my drill sergeants, from my first sergeants. That was my experience. And so I know that a lot of these single black mothers that are raising men have no idea how to raise these men. That's why they're acting out in the ways that lead to these explosions of violence in Chicago. And so the black men that are not being nurtured and the white men that are being ignored and told that they're privileged and everything that's wrong with society, these are two sides of the same coin and nobody's realizing this. And I think that what people don't realize is that if you don't find a way to encourage men to build, if you don't find a way to empower them, if you don't find a way to sort of encourage uh, positive uses of masculinity... They're going to find negative ways in order to express that. And it's sad, but it's true. So this epidemic that we're going through in America with these mass shootings, which, by the way, these people always seem to be known to the FBI. The, the, the local police confiscated swords and knives and stuff from the Highland Park shooter's house. And so, for some reason, these people are already always known to law enforcement before they do something like this. And that would lead some people to ask, what is going on with these mass shootings? The guy in Uvalde was known to law enforcement and FBI beforehand, right? 
But apparently those are, you're, you're not allowed to connect those dots. You're not allowed to ask those questions. So I'll move on. But the point is that if we don't find something to do with these young men, if we don't figure out the messaging to these young men, if we don't figure out a way to reach them, they're just going to get more alienated, more disaffected, more violent. And it's going to put all of us at risk. And Tucker makes a really good point, again, with this fantasy world of porn and weed and social media that so many people in this society are sucked into. And this is not a political issue. And that's what I hate about that. This is not a political issue. This is not something Republicans are going to fix or Democrats are going to fix with more legislation, with more of their BS about how they're going to change your lives. All you have to do is give them more power. It's BS. Because this is a cultural issue. It's a culture issue. It's a culture issue with those young disaffected white men that are living in this fantasy world, going into online rabbit holes, turning violent, and putting the rest of us at risk. And it's a culture issue with all of these young black men who are not being raised by fathers, who are being raised by single mothers, women who have no idea what they're doing, who have no idea how to raise a man. And they're making the streets of our cities more and more violent. So until America figures out how to fix this cultural issue, until America and Americans figure out how to fix this cultural rot, then you and me and everyone we all know will still be in danger from these random acts of violence that will not stop until we find a way to right the cultural ship that America is on because it is heading right into an iceberg and it is making all of our lives more dangerous. All right, coming up, Macy Gray and Bette Midler just got in trouble with the far-left lunatic trans fringe. I will tell you why after the break. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine, enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to the Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. So Bette Midler and Macy Gray have both entered turf land this week. Oh, what is a turf, you ask? A turf is a term that far-left transgender activists have come up with, and it means trans-exclusionary radical feminists. They generally use this term to slur and demean biological women who dare speak up against the radical gender ideology of the far-left LGBTQ transgender movement. The the far-left trans movement that... Shouts out that trans women are women, full stop. The same radical far-left trans movement that wants to put biological men in women's prisons. And when those biological men that are in women's prisons that identify as women rape biological women, it's ignored. It's memory hold. The stuff is out there. Google it. 
these are the same people that want to pretend that biological male Leah Thomas, who identifies as a woman, has no physical advantages over a biological woman that she swims against in a collegiate swim meet. So these people have created a fantasy land that the entire world is now forced to live in. And when people speak out against it, they're smeared. So first, I'm going to play you this Macy Gray. Remember uh, Macy Gray, the singer, I try to say, that was awful. But you know, Macy Gray, the singer, right? She had that song, I Try, a million years ago. Um, she, for, for some reason, was doing an interview with, uh, with, with Piers Morgan. And this is what she had to say about people identifying as women. If I asked you what a woman is, what would you say? I would say uh, a human being with uh, boobs. <laughs> you have to start there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the dictionary is quite straightforward. It just says a, a human adult female, yeah. right? No, a lot of people. Yeah, see, that's, now that's a little getting confusing. The whole he, she, they, that's, that's going to And I'm not back. sure why, really. It's a, it's a bit like this whole issue of, of transgenders mm. in sport. Because I, I support all trans rights to fairness and equality. Me too. But not where you have people born to obvious physical superior bodies. Me too. Transitioning and then thrashing the women at their sport. I totally agree. And I, I will say this, and everybody's going to hate me, but as a woman, just because you go change your parts doesn't make you a woman. Right. Sorry. You feel that? I know that for a fact. So that's what Macy Gray had to say. And, of course, the radical left, uh, you know, trans loony fringe did not like that because you cannot, it is verboten to say these things. You are a heretic. This is heresy. This is burn the witch at the stake. And this is the backlash that, that Macy Gray got. Got so bad, she had to say, you know, they backpedal a little bit. Oh, you know, I said what I said, but I agree with transgender rights. And, you know, they just get this deluge of hate that comes from a lot of the loonier trans activists on Twitter. And and, and like I said, and I brought this up before, if you want to see how, how vile and violent some of these people are, you go take a look at when J.K. Rowling tweets something. She was the, fir- she was the very first one that had the guts to start speaking out about this issue. She was like five years ago, right? Um, all the Harry Potter kids who she made... Wealthy and famous beyond their wildest dreams all turn their backs on her. The whole entirety of the mainstream media, the Hollywood liberal establishment, everybody turned their back on her. This is not what you're supposed to say. Same thing, you know, is going to happen to Macy Gray should she not apologize. Same thing that's happening to her is happening to Bette Midler. Legendary, iconic actress, Bette Midler. This is what she tweeted. She said, women of the world, we are being stripped of our rights over our bodies, our lives, and even of our name. They don't call us women anymore. They call us birthing people or menstruators and even people with vaginas. Don't let them erase you. Every human on earth owes you. Okay? Now, I, you, when I read this, and I knew it was going to cause some uproar, I was, like, I was wondering if somebody was going to tell Bette Midler who's the they. Because they are not Republicans. It is not Republicans 
uh, or, or conservatives that are calling women birthing people or menstruators or people with vaginas or vulva havers or uh, period experiencers. All of this, these different completely insane ways that the far left gender cult trans fringe has co-opted language. And this is what they do. So Bette Midler, um, <laughs> this stuff is not coming for Republican, from Republicans, uh, conservatives. This stuff is coming from the left. This is coming from your people. And just to make it a point as to what these people do when one of theirs gets out of line, of course, she got, oh, Bette Midler, I'm so, I'm so ashamed. I'm so, oh, you're this, you're that, blah, blah, blah. So Bette Midler had to backtrack and apologize and to me honestly this the stuff to me is absolutely hysterical and what's so funny about this is that we're seeing in so we're seeing the slow motion train wreck of leftism it is literally imploding right before our very eyes now there's there's factions in the conservative movement there's fractions absolutely i'm not super thrilled with the conservative movement right now. I'll tell you why in the next segment. But the left has painted themselves into this corner to where they are forcing people to deny the reality that they see with their own two eyes and that they hear with their own two ears just so that they can stay, quote-unquote, um, in good standing as a good little liberal. So it's tearing their movement apart. This stuff is tearing all of their organizations apart. This stuff is is tearing their political movement apart. Um, this stuff is a lot of the reason why, like I said, these people are about to be out of power for a very long time because they have let the inmates take over the asylum. It is absolute lunacy. It's lunacy. And the worst part about it is that these same voices on the left, these same liberal voices... You know, this country needs sane voices from both sides of the aisle because most people in this country are not on the fringes. And so even the sane liberal voices, they're afraid to get involved. They, they don't want to say anything. They just stay silent. They just stay silent because these people are weak because they see what happens to Bette Midler, who has been a liberal, who there is nobody. I mean, when you look at this woman's Twitter feed, it's like it looks like Occupy Democrats uh, Twitter feed or something like that. Like it is the most. Like, every left-wing talking point there is, she hits. Gun control, Black Lives Matter, like, all of this stuff. And where she got confused is she didn't know that she was breaking the rules. Because she thought that all of these different attempts to redefine language and basically use language to define women out of existence in the service of the far left trans lobby. And, and if you want to get deeper into that, you want to get deeper into the pharmaceutical industry and how there's billions and billions of dollars um, that they're making off of the gender cult insanity. It, it, it just gets really deep. Perhaps um, there is an old school um, transgender activist that I'm actually going to interview for this podcast. And perhaps I'll get into that with him. But long story short, these two things are, are really just a very interesting window into how the left is eating itself alive. And we are going to see more and more and more of this until 
couple of things are going to happen. Number one, these people are about to lose power. Number two, when they do lose power, they're going to have to massively shift their messaging. They're going to have to massively shift the people that they're giving attention to, the people that they're elevating. They're going to have to shift all of that stuff. And they have gone so far off the deep end in just a decade of, of social media, right? We'll say 10 to 15 years of social media. They've gone so far off the deep end so quickly that it may take a very long time for the Democrat Party or the liberal or old school liberals, whatever it is you want to call it, to look anything like the Clinton era, which is what most people think about when they think of liberalism. All right, coming up, I experienced the Essence Music Festival in New Orleans. It was absolutely incredible, but it really did highlight the level to which leftism has permeated the entirety of black community and black culture. And I will get into that for you right after the break. All right, Problematics, I spent the 4th of July weekend in New Orleans for the iconic Essence Music Festival. If you do not know what the Essence Music Festival is, first of all, Essence is a magazine for black women. It's a magazine that is um, that is there to, to elevate black women, elevate black culture, etc. They have, you know, a, a, a lot of these magazines, when they were faced with sort of, you know, declining... Um, circulation models and all of that other stuff, they turn to experiences to sort of expand the brand and make them more relevant, right? And they, I don't know that there is a brand that has done this better um, or more swiftly or more efficiently than Essence because it was a dying magazine. They got the idea to do the Essence Music Festival. And now, I mean, it's just a thing that apparently gets bigger and bigger every year. This is my first time being there. And I had to tell you guys, it was absolutely incredible. The musicians that I saw, it was very intense. I mean, it's literally two and a half days. I mean, Nicki Minaj, Janet Jackson, New Edition, Patti LaBelle, the Isley Brothers, Lil' Kim was there, City Girls was there. I mean, it's just, Tank was there. I mean, if you are into black music, black culture, it is the place to be. It was completely incredible. It was a great experience. Janet Jackson slayed um, Nicki Minaj's set was good. New Edition was incredible. These are icons and legends in their own right. And they put on a show. And the the interesting thing to me, as somebody that was, you know, going to this for the first time, you know, sometimes when I go to black spaces, it's like you never know who's going to know. Like, I never know who's going to know who I am, who's going to recognize me or not. And I never and I never know if it's going to be a positive or negative experience if I'm recognized for being a black conservative or whatever, right? Every time I've been recognized, either on the streets or in public or an event like this or something like that from another black person, um, they always say it's either one or two things. Either I agree with you, you're on point, or there are some things that you say that I disagree with. But you're very intelligent in your delivery, and I respect the fact that you're delivering it. So those are the two things, nothing more. It's it like it's only it, the the gays are the only ones that are insane. Like the far left gays, they're the only crazy ones. Like those are the ones that I have to watch out for, sort of on the streets, right? But the black people are cool. Um, I didn't get recognized that I know of at the Essence Fest, but I bring this up because 
this is this, you know, celebration of black culture, entrepreneurship, all of these different things. It was very interesting to just have just conversations with a lot of the black people there. This was a very um, middle to upper middle class black crowd to travel to New Orleans and to go to this event is not cheap, even though in which I thought was a really good thing for the community. There is uh, every day there is a convention. And and that's at the convention center. And that's completely free to get into. And there's some musical acts there. I think the, Patti LaBelle, iconic. She did some random performance at the convention center. There were vendors. There was all sorts of stuff. Like it just really was a celebration of Black community and Black culture. It was is very inspiring. It was very very interesting. But I would get into these conversations just randomly with people, not interviewing them like a like a journalist or a podcast host or something, but just saying. Yeah, getting some ch- like I'll get some chicken wings and then sit down at, at the at the little tent outside and you just start talking to people. And I spoke to a lot of people that were entrepreneurs, like black entrepreneurs, right? And they talk about community building, they talk about entrepreneurship, they talk about access to capital, they talk about all of these different things that have nothing to do with Democrat or Republican politics. And the reason why I bring that up is because this event was saturated from the top levels with Democrat politics. Kamala Harris was there. Um, uh, Al Sharpton showed up. Every single night, every single night, they do the same thing. Al Sharpton would come up. He would talk about how our voting rights are getting tripped over. He'd talk about how they are doing this and they're doing that. Um, And then Essence... I think their CEO had to make some sort of statement that, you know, they're for abortion rights and, like, all of this other stuff. And so it was interesting to me, not that Democrats were there because it was to be expected that they were there, but two things. Number one, that the audience was just not into it. And I'm not projecting my personal politics onto these people. You get a sense of the energy in the room. In the energy in the room, when Al Sharpton came up, and I'm looking to my left and my right, of course, I was there with a a close friend of mine, but I'm looking to my left and my right at these people that I do not even know, just, you know. Middle, upper middle class black people there to see a show. Groans when Al Sharpton showed up. Groans when the CEO read that big statement about how they have to be on this side of of the abortion debate. And what this said to me was this. There is an opportunity there for Republicans, for conservatives to actually show up to something like this. Okay, but they choose not to do it. And don't give me that crap about, oh, Essence wouldn't let us do it. You can buy your way. You can buy your way on that space, that stage. And if conservatives or the Republican Party or any of these people were really interested in showing up for black people and showing up to a major black cultural event, they would be there, but they're not interested And I said this on Twitter and people were arguing with me. Well, Rob, you don't get it. Like the Democrats are just showing up for a photo op. Their policies are crap. Like, yes, their policies are terrible. Their policies harm black people. But you know why? They have been able to underline the message in the minds of most African-Americans that Democrats are for us, quote unquote, is because they show up because they know how important it is to be there. And Democrats do not. They do not care. They do not even care to even know 
that something like the Essence Music Festival exists and how important a cultural perspective that is, right? And so it really does make you wonder and it really does make you think as somebody like me who's taken all kinds of hits um, in my personal life for being public for Trump or, you know, going to the White House when Trump was, you know, in office and all of that stuff. And the question to me becomes, and I think it's probably the question to a lot of black conservatives. And the question is, why take these hits for a party that doesn't show up for you? That doesn't really care. That doesn't put any sort of time, effort, or energy into really thinking about what the issues are, really showing up for them, okay? It just doesn't happen. And that is just the honest-to-God truth. So are they over there, up here rolling their eyes over Al Sharpton and Kamala Harris? Like, absolutely. But Republicans don't show up. And until they start showing up for this community, like, I got to tell you guys, and you guys know that I'm a straight shooter, until they start showing up, do not be surprised when you keep on not getting this vote. When you keep on getting 11 to 12% of that vote. Because you're not showing up. Because you're not doing the work. Because you're not elevating the people that need to be elevated. Because you don't have anybody on your team that would even come up with the idea to try to buy your way onto that stage at something like the Essence Festival. And Republicans, if you if you're listening to me, you know I, I you know there's a lot of people that listen to this, a lot of people lurk, whatever. Do not expect these black conservative influencers, media figures, whatever you want to call us. Do not expect for us to continue sort of like riding for you. Do not expect us to sort of take all of these hits from black people and all of these other people for you when you do not show up. And that's on period. All right, Problematics, thank you so much for listening. Please, if you enjoy Can't Cancel Rob Smith, download and subscribe. I am here every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday on iHeart Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Rob Smith Online.